Great to have you here with us this morning. We are closing out the series called Fired Up. It's been this summer series as we've had our different pastors preaching and speaking. And as we've been walking through those different segments each week, they've been choosing sort of a topic that got them fired up. And uh, this last four weeks, we've been sort of in one little sub-segment of Fired Up on Worship, right? And uh, so we're bringing this four weeks together to close here today in one passage. It's going to sort of represent all that we've been talking about in worship over the last few weeks. It's going to bring back the remember well what God has been doing and spend time and hearing from him and time in his word and time celebrating what he has to teach and share and and spend some time in prayer with him. and, And let's put it this way. Let's just be all in in our worship with him. That's what we're covering today. And well, how do I do that? How do I give my whole to him? Turn with me, if you will, to Psalm chapter uh, 116, Psalms 116. And we've got the ushers coming forward. They got Bibles in their hands. If you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. All right. Psalm 116 is where we're going to be at. We're going to camp out, walk through this whole Psalm this morning. And uh, it's a great challenge of how to worship with our whole being, with our whole being. Psalm 116, we're starting in verse 1. So what do I do with this? Uh, We put it into two points this morning. Number one is kind of a loaded point. Here we go. Depend on him, rest in him, walk repentantly before him. Depend on him, rest in him, and uh, walk repentantly before him. Depend on him. That's the first step in worship. If we're not depending, we're not worshiping. We need to depend on him. What do we need to do? Depend on him. Like spend time where he is the center of everything and we're counting on him and waiting on him and looking for his timing in it. Depend on him. So he starts out, I love the Lord because he has Heard my voice and my pleas for mercy because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. I love the Lord. Love the Lord. The word that he chose here specifically means I'm committed sacrificially to caring well for him. I love the Lord. How often do we come to God saying, are you committed sacrificially to loving me, God? Right? And we make it all about him loving us. And uh, we do have a responsibility, a huge worship responsibility to love him with all we've got. Sacrificially laying on the line for him that he might be celebrated in your life. Think of all that God has done. Think about it. And then love him for that. And uh, unfortunately, we as human beings are pretty much tied to the because statement. Right, I love because, and uh, ideally we love just because we love, and but the reality is we do love in response, and God very clear to that in Romans 5, he says, we love him because he first loved us, right? And so now he gives us a little explanation here. He says, I love the Lord because, well, because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy because he inclined his ear to me. He heard Like anytime you see in scripture where God is hearing, just so you know, that implies more than when you and I hear, right? Yeah, I heard you. That doesn't mean we're responding at all, right? That means your words have hit my ears and I might choose to completely disregard you. And uh, often when we say we heard you, we're trying to defend ourselves because we actually haven't done what we were supposed to do, right? 
Did you close the garage door? Keep changing channels, looking for the NFL game, right? Did you close the garage door? Did you hear me? I heard you. Go to close the garage door, right? And I heard you as like our defense moment to say, yeah, it entered my ear. That's not with God. Everybody say, that's not it. No, with God, when he hears, he is in full out response. All right. He heard him. In other words, he understood his need. He understood the problem and he went after it with all he had. He said, my voice and pleas for mercy. That's what was heard. He was in dire straits and he's going to talk about it in just a second. Uh, because he inclined his ear to me, meaning he cared to know what was going on in my life and he wanted to be invested in him for me, hearing my prayer, hearing my cry and coming to my rescue. And uh, he says, therefore, when we see the therefore, we say, What's it there for, man? What's the purpose? What's it connecting to? And he's like, because of all that, because he heard, because he was inclined to me, because he responded to my need and my plea, therefore, I will call on him as long as I live, right? Like if it's so functional, if it's so appropriate, if it so works, if God's so on my side, why would I not continue that for the rest of my life? I'm in. That's what he's saying. Like, God, I love what you're doing and I love who you are and I'm going after you now with all I've got. I'm calling on you repeatedly because you are here with me and for me. I love you, Lord. And uh, he says, I will call on him as long as I live. It's a statement of dependence. To depend on him, to call on him in the midst of your struggles to make sure you know that God is invested in. In the midst of your trauma, in the midst of the crisis, my God has this in hand. It doesn't always mean he'll walk me around. Sometimes he'll walk me through, but my God is with me and I'm calling on you, Lord. And uh, what's your trial and struggle? What are you wrestling with that has you just reeling? Time to call on the Lord. For the rest of your life, leaning on him with your plea being delivered up. Dependence on God. Well, it seems like it's kind of logical, right? And especially, you know, you come to church, you're going to hear that, right? Depend on God and okay, okay. And so what would we depend on if we weren't depending on God? And all right, top three things we depend on rather than God. Top three things we depend on rather than God. Number one, uh, money. Money. Sadly, scripture says very clearly, you cannot serve both God and money, right? The love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. All right. And as we get engaged with money, if we start to see it as the thing we need to depend on, just so you know, that is the definition of beginning to love it. Okay. Well, Tim, I kind of needed to buy a burger this afternoon. And look, we understand the value and the purpose of money and money is fine to have and fine to use. But be careful if it starts to go beyond that to where you're depending on money for your security. We got a problem. Okay. Money. That's the number one thing. Number two, success. And I can't wait until they know how awesome I am. 
When I get up there and I get seen and the accomplishments and the, and when they recognize that, then all will be good. And uh, just so you know, it won't. Right? And every guy you've talked to who's finally hit the pinnacle goes, is this it? Right? And success, it leaves you wanting. Uh, money, success, and the third one, friendships. Depending on friendships over God, often it's like, man, I got this problem. Time to go out to coffee with a friend. Sit down with them and share with them where I'm at and tell them what's going on. And is there anything wrong with that, with sharing with a friend and talking through a problem? Is there anything wrong with that? No. Is there anything wrong with it if it replaces spending time with God? Okay, be careful. We can replace our dependence on God with friendships and feel like we've talked about it enough. I guess we're good and we just move on. Success, friendships, those are the last two and they attach to money, the first one. And none of those are bad things in and of themselves. It's just when they replace God that they become a bad thing. Okay, so maybe here's a better way to say it. When good things replace the best things, then they become bad things. When good things replace the best thing, then they become a bad thing. Be careful. Money, success, friendship, none of those are bad. But when they replace time with your God, it's going to be a problem. Okay? So he goes on. He describes a little bit of his problem here as he's now depending. He says, the snares of death encompassed, uh, encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol had hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Ever feel like that? Like, I'm not even sure I'm going to make it through the day. And he literally was talking about death here. The psalmist is talking like, I'm not even sure I'm going to survive. I've got enemies against me. And I don't know, man. I feel like death is all around me. I feel like Sheol, the place I would go if I died. I feel like it's got its arms wrapped and I'm in trouble. And uh, what's your thing? What words would you put here? The thing that gets you riled, the thing that gets you confused, the thing that gets you talking nonstop or needing friends' ears so that you can chat with them. And maybe it's a sickness in the home or maybe it's a disrespect in the office or even a disrespect in the home. Maybe it's something going on that is devastating you personally and somebody around you doesn't even know they're doing it to you. What's ripping you up? Are you going to God on that thing? Depend on him with all you've got. He says, then I called on the name of the Lord. Oh, Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. He says, then I called on the name of the Lord. He did not call the Lord. He called on the name of the Lord. That's a big difference. And what is the difference? In the Hebrew, when you start talking about the name, you are referencing their character and their trustworthiness. You are representing the all that they are and all that they can be. And you're calling on them for that. He didn't just call out to Yahweh because it was somebody to call out to. He called out to Yahweh because he knew who he was and who he is and who he will be. He's trusting in him with all he's got. He calls on the name of the Lord. In fact, he's going to define just a second who that God is. Uh, but he says here, O oh Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. I love short prayers that are to the point, right? He's like, here's my problem. Here's my prayer. Lord, please, I pray, just save me from this. Done. I've made it clear now. Deliver my soul. 
And uh, Lord, please help. So that's depend. Uh, the second thing is rest. We're called to rest. Uh, what are we called to do? So the first is, and the second is, let's keep moving through them and remembering them. Depend and rest. Rest, he says, let's talk about the character of this God, the name of this Lord. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. This is who my God is. You want to know why I'm going to him? Because he is gracious, man. He gives what I did not deserve. He lavishes it on. He blesses like crazy. I'm telling you this. Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from my God. That's who he is. Gracious is my God. Oh, and righteous. Like he is pure. He is true. He never veers off of it. He is always right. Righteous is my God. That's who he is. I can completely trust in him. Giving good gifts the whole time. My God. Gracious and righteous. And hang on, he's righteous? Well, that's not really good for me. Because I'm not. And if he's righteous and I'm standing before him unrighteous, and doesn't that mean that I warrant the wrath of God? And last good piece of news, he is merciful. And ties it together with, yes, righteous, but he even is willing to withhold. That's what is deserved. And he pours it on himself instead. Christ went to the cross for me. Merciful. He is gracious. He is righteous. He is merciful. That's my God. He is so to be trusted. Have you ever noticed that resting in him requires that we understand who he is? Ever notice that? Like you can't really relax with someone you don't think you can trust, right? Like let's make sure we know who this God is and let's make sure we can trust him with all we've got and gracious and righteous and merciful. The Lord preserves the simple, meaning he sustains my life. He protects and he provides and he transforms and he grows me. And uh, when I was brought low, he saved me. Praise be to God. Like how many times throughout our week do we get caught up in the thing of the week? And here's what we forget. My eternity is covered by my savior. And this momentary affliction is nothing compared to what my God does. He has saved. He has provided. He is at work on the cross for eternity. I am good. I'm trusting in him. Have you trusted in Jesus Christ? As your savior, then you are saved. Have you said, Lord, I believe that you are risen from the dead. I confess that you are God almighty in charge of my life. That's saved. Take over, Lord. I'm telling you in that moment, your eternity has been protected and in hand. What a beautiful, privileged moment we have to be with him. When I was brought low, he saved me and, uh, says, return, O my soul, to your rest. Notice it says return. Isn't it true how often we recognize and taste of rest? And then somehow along the path of rest, we're like, yeah, I guess I don't need that anymore. And then we get back up and we start going off on our own again. And we wander over here and we're like, it's so going to be about me again. Because that was a genius move the last time. Let's try it again. 
and we start wandering into self mode and what in the world is wrong with us, right? And uh, can't you imagine the angels as they're looking in and they're like, what was that decision, right? They don't get it at all. And yet they watch God pour his love in and transform us through that pathetic decision to getting him all the more return. Oh, my soul to his rest. And uh, it says, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Like he lavishes it on. Our God is good. Amen. Amen. He gives way beyond measure. And he is gracious and he is righteous and he is merciful. And we can trust in him with all we've got. Uh, Depend, rest. And the third piece of this point, uh, walk before. We walk before him. And uh, we are able to make choices where we can live it out before our God and make much of him. That's what walk before him means. He says, for you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. You have delivered me. You have delivered my soul and my, my eyes from tears and my feet from stumbling. And what does that mean? Feet from like, you've made the path clear. You've given me discernment. Your word is directing me. I'm trusting in you and I'm seeing things clear up and my eyes The tears have actually begun to dry up. And in this moment, the psalmist celebrating that the problem is resolved for him. And uh, some of us, we get walked around a problem. And some of us, we get walked through the problem. And I'm not sure where you're at right now. If you're getting walked around a problem, praise your God for that. And if you're getting walked through the problem, just say these words. Okay, Lord, I'm ready to see you work. And I don't know that I get it. But I'm trusting in you. And walk before your God. Your actions, your thoughts, your attitudes, your intents, all willing to have God shown off and made much of. Is that where you are? Walking before him. And that's all out worship. Like this week, I want people to know it's about him. And there might be times where I take a hit on the chin and I'm taking it for him. And there might be times where things are completely unclear or I'm being mocked or misunderstood. And Lord, may I glorify you in the midst of that. May I learn in the midst of that. And to walk through that with them. May your God be made much of. And uh, he's like, you want to understand where I was at? Let me tell you where I was at. I believed even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. Have you ever been there? Man, they're all punks. Like, I don't know who to trust and what's with these people and, and what in the world? I'm, that's it. I'm done with people. I'm going to a mountaintop and, uh, right. That's where he, he was in the all mankind are liars. Just so you know, the psalmist is also mankind. He's like, including me, fine. We're all losers, and those losers are threatening my life, and now what do I do? And, and uh, how often we're in a struggle, and we think we're awesome, and they're not. And we need to recognize that none of us are, and we all need a Savior. Amen? Amen. Worship. It takes uh, into account the proper recognition of the area around us and the proper recognition even of ourselves. 
uh, a huge deal as we depend and rest and walk before him. And uh, so I've said this before, many of you know this, but um, when it comes to Jewish history and tradition, I love the history. It is so rich and so deep. I would love to be Jewish. I would... I would love to be connected. Oh yeah, from the tribe of Benjamin. Right? And you like, you know your ancestors and you know your heritage and you can read about them in scripture and you're like, dude, that guy's totally related to me. Right? And being able to walk it through and the, the, the rich heritage you could have of God at work in your previous family's life and, and we still get to learn from it. It's great that we can see those things and celebrate. Uh, it'd be awesome to be Jewish in the midst of that. And there was a Jewish person being interviewed and asked about that. Uh, about the deep, long history of the Jewish culture and nation and, and what they thought and felt. And they were so celebratory of the, their ancestors, their forefathers, you know, Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, right, of Moses. And then the person that was being interviewed said this, let me tell you something though. I'm not even going to try a Jewish accent, not going there. Let me tell you something though. We Israelis have something against Moses. We hold something against Moses. He took 40 years of walking us through the desert in order to bring us to one spot in the Middle East. And that spot has absolutely no oil. (laughs) If you think about it, it's pretty true. They're completely surrounded by oil-ridden property. And theirs is the one little spot against the Mediterranean. It's got nothing. And there's so much fighting about that property. And, and, uh, The author who wrote this down said, what if it is that God doesn't want them to trust in oil, but in him? Uh, How often we complain about the circumstance we're in, but God knows exactly what he's doing to bring us to a dependence on him. To bring us to trusting in him and walking with him and not replacing him with anything or anyone. May God get the glory. And uh, so simple question for you. What are you depending on? As you wake up in the morning, is it like I'm taking the world by storm? They're going to know how awesome I am. Success. Or man, I hope these stocks do well this week. If I can just get a little bit more of the money. Or boy, I got to call Bill. I got to sit down with him and have a chat with him. And he's got to tell me what he thinks. Then I'm going to call the next and the next and the next and the Or are you going to your God with all you've got? Depending on him, worshiping him as you give him first place and say, whatever it is you walk me through, because you are gracious, you are righteous, you are merciful, you lavish it on bountifully. I'm in with you. As long as I live, I will call on your name. Worship your God. That's what it looks like. May we go after him with all we've got and all of God's people said. That was a great spot for an amen. Number two, give back to him thankfully from the treasures he has shared with you. Give back to him thankfully from the treasures he has shared with you. He says, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? What shall I render? You know, what do I give him? And notice it says, for all the benefits he has given to me. It's this thing that's already done and accomplished. Our giving to God is not to get. Everybody hearing me on this? 
Our giving to God is not to get. Our giving to God is to say thanks for what he's already done. Amen? That's worship. And uh, as we go to worship him, we're like, thank you for who you are, Lord. First fruits giving. That's what it looks like as we say thanks to him. And uh, all right, let's break it down. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? For his salvation, for his protection, for his provision, for his caring into our lives in the midst of our rebellion. For his bringing us through and lifting us up, for his transforming us along the way. Lord, what can I give to you that says thanks? Rendering to the Lord. He says, here's a couple of things. Three things. I will lift up the cup of salvation. I will call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of his people. These things will be done. Three things. And in fact, he's going to say the same three things again in just a second. So we're going to take a little more time with them then. But three things. I will lift up the cup of salvation. This is like I'm going to offer you thanksgiving. This cup represents something he's offering up to him for the salvation he has received. I will say thanks. And uh, I will call on the name of the Lord. Please get used to doing that. Calling on his name. Like declaring his greatness and declaring his character and trusting in him so much because of that. That that's why you're on your knees before him. Calling on his name. And, uh, Steve did a great job talking about prayer last week and, and uh, how to go after that with our God. And, um, and then the last piece here, I will pay my vows to the Lord. There's a little bit of variation on what this meaning could have. The word pay is probably the best recognition there. I will pay my vows. It could mean like I'm going to make good on the promises I've made. Like if I said I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Like let your yes be yes and your no be no. It could be that. It could be like any commitment I've made, I'm going to be good to. And Or maybe it's even more than that as it talks about paying vows and it's alluding to some level of the first fruits giving that's going on and some offerings that are taking place. We're not quite sure what it means exactly, but I'll tell you this. It does mean a thank you gift to God for what he's done for you. Okay? Huge deal. And... uh He says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You ever noticed how when you read some verses out of context, you're like, what does that mean? (laughs) You ever noticed that? Like, this is one of those verses, like, if you just pick this verse out and put it on a t-shirt, people would like, what's going on with that guy? (laughs) Right? And uh, in the context of this passage... He's talking about death that was pressing in on him and as God heard his cry and plea and came to his side and walked him through it, his God cares for what he's going through. Precious, like valuable beyond measure are his saints and the struggles they're going through. That's what he's saying. Your God cares exactly what you're going through. He knows the detail Of the struggle. And he cares. And you're like, well, I don't think he cares. He's not walking me around. Sometimes he cares enough to walk us through. Because we need to grow there. And uh, boy, we hate to admit that, don't we? When we really need to grow in an area and the struggle is going to grow us. But sometimes we need to hear that. And uh, let's lean on our God and trust in him. He does care. He does care. 
care. Just say that with me. He does care. Do you believe that? I'm telling you, there's a number of you in here where you're like, I don't believe that. You may not have even just said it when we said to say it out loud. He loves you. He sees you and what you're going through as dear and precious to him. He does care. And he's walking you through this with him. Look to your God and worship him with all you've got. He says, oh Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. Humble. Uh, How often we don't get an answer to prayer because we come in proudly. Demanding how awesome we are and that God must answer. Right? And he's like, forget it. I'm your servant. No, no, no. I'm a child of another servant. I'm just a servant servant. That's who I am. I'm nothing. And yet you pour into my life and you see this as precious and you're amazing, God, in what you're doing. And Lord, thank you for hearing me. And he says here, you have loosed my bonds. Salvation. You are awesome, God. He says, Here we go again with that repeat. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord. There's the three-peat again. All right? So let's talk about it. He says, I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And uh, this is like, Lord, I'm going to take from what you've lavished on me, and I'm going to give some back to you. I want to make much of you. And, and I want to thank you and first fruits giving going to you. You've given and it all belongs to you. And so here's some back to you, an offer of thanksgiving. Please hear me. When we give, we are not giving in order to convince him that we should be saved. We're not securing anything. We're simply saying thank you. That's all we're saying. It's an offer of thanksgiving. It's a huge deal for your worship. Every moment you come in is thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you already have done. And uh, giving, even financial giving, giving of the monies that he's entrusted to you, God lavishing into your life. It all belongs to him, scripture says, and we have a chance to give back of the first fruits. Please hear me. When God gives to you, he does want you to enjoy that. Okay, so please hear me on this. Part of the money given to you, part of the profits of anything given to you is so that you can enjoy that and celebrate that with family, that you can go out to eat or that you could have a place to live and care for with clothing and whatever, that you can enjoy those pieces and have a part in that and saying, thank you, God, for what you provided. And part of it is for giving back to him and saying, you're so awesome as you give to him. And it's his anyway, right? And so we're giving back to him saying thank you and we're enjoying with some of it. And for those who go a little militant over the top and they're like, give it all to him. And God's like, well, that's not really why I gave it to you exactly. Some of that was meant for you to care for yourself with and enjoy some with and celebrate me and what I'm giving to you. But some of it is meant for giving back to him. And um, all right, let's just cover this real quickly. Top four hows for giving. Top for house for how to give. This comes out of 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 11, but we're just going to say the words real quickly. Number one, give willingly. Give willingly. That's worship, all right? Give willingly. Not out of compulsion, but like willingly. 
You're saying, I want to give to him. It's not, fine. Get the checkbook out, hon. We're going to give today. Right? That's not it. Give willingly that God's honored in it. Like, Lord, you're awesome, and thanks for giving this, and here's some first fruits back to you, some first of what you've given, not last. I've spent it all, and I had a little left. Here's some for you. Thanks. Oh, this year, I did, this week, I didn't have anything left. Nothing for you, right? But willingly and first, Lord, you give willingly, making sure it happens. Number two, give cheerfully, right? That kind of attaches to the willful. I'm in. I'm willingly cheerfully giving. I've got a smile on my face as I'm happily sharing with you. Cheerful will usually not come if you try to calculate what you could have bought if you kept that. (laughs) Just saying, right? Do you know what I have given away over the years? I could have had a yacht that was like, right? And uh, we're missing the point as we're giving back to our God and entrusting him and saying, Lord, whatever you want. And have you noticed how, like even with Mike today, as we went through this, we clap when we're doing the um, offering, right? Hey, let's continue to worship God in our giving. Amen. And we get this applause and some of you are like, yeah, I thought that was weird. And uh, we're, we're, we're echoing out cheerfully giving. Bring it on. Let's give to him. And that's what it's about. All right. Give willingly. Give cheerfully. Give sacrificially. God's entrusted me with this, and so, well, I think I might have a buck or something for you, God. Right? And we give this little small something that doesn't even remotely cost me, and I can get anything I would have wanted anyway, and we're missing the point. Giving sacrificially back to him and saying, thank you, Lord, I appreciate all that you've given, and our family's going to celebrate you, and we will be giving back to you in an honorable fashion. Uh, giving willingly, cheerfully, sacrificially. And the fourth one that comes out of that passage, 2 Corinthians 9, is give generously. Seeing needs and caring for them. Giving regularly into the church is one thing. That's the willingly, cheerfully. Giving regularly into the church, we're pouring it into ministries, caring for people. But then the over and above, you may know a need that comes up. You see something happen and that's the tithes and offerings. And you pour that offering in. It's an extra over and above. And so let me just say this. All right. The uh, New Testament does not have a percentage given ever. How much should I give? Doesn't say. Okay. So what we do have is a guideline from the Old Testament. When God was telling them what to give under law, he did say, here's a tithe, a tenth as first fruit. And he had a couple different kinds of tithe going on. But a tenth might be a great starting point. Okay. But there's nothing that's stated in the New Testament about the number. Please don't hit the number. It's hit the heart. Willingly cheerfully, right? Engaging generously and passionately, sacrificially handing it over to him. And uh, the number might be bigger than 10% for you if God's lavished on you. And But give, give to him. May he be celebrated in it. Don't hit a number because the, hitting the number is like old school, man. It's kind of like, I'm trying to earn goodness with you. I gave that much, right? It's more like, Lord, here's my heart and I'm seeing all you're given and I just want to pour on you and say thanks and just lay it on. And uh, please hear me on this. This body is an unbelievably giving body. You guys are so awesome. And there are no needs financially. And none of this has to do with we need some coin. We better say something about money. And it isn't about that. You guys are doing a great job. I'm more worried about your worship. Make sure that your heart is set with him and you're giving to him. If your family is not giving financially, 
Please make this a day where you go home and talk about what it looks like to start that. That's worship. First fruits giving back to him. May your worship be on fire. All right. And uh, enough said there. Offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Call on his name. We've talked about this already. Depending in his power, depending on his love, depending on his character, calling on his name. Regular prayer that's on fire with your God. Thanking him for who he is and what he's doing. Calling on his name. And then paying your vows. We talked about it a bit. It could mean making your commitments good. It could mean uh, over and above giving that's happening. Um, Let me just say this. Uh, If you make commitments, make good on them. That's a pretty clear, simple one. If you're committing to meet with a friend, meet with a friend unless something comes up. Look, things happen. You get sick or whatever. We understand that that happens, right? And God knows what's going on with that. But to just continue to make promises all over the place and then blow some of them off because you're always looking for the best opportunity for you. Everybody say, that's a bad plan. That's not honoring to your God at all. So when you make a vow, that's like a God, this is for you. I'm honoring you. And right, I want to step out with you. Make good on those things. Worship him in those things. Be continuous in those things. Follow through. Make your actions a part of your worship. Okay? And uh, and then he kind of closes it out here. In the presence of all his people. Right? Sometimes your thing should be quiet and in private. The giving, the, the, the praying peace in quiet and private. Not trying to draw attention. And sometimes it needs to be deeply public. And he's like, I'm just telling you the worship I'm talking about is like all out on fire in public. People knowing where you stand, praising your God. That's what it needs to be about. And uh, praise his name publicly. When we gather corporately here, this is part of it. Like our job here, as we spend time in singing or as we spend time in the word, as we spend time figuring out personally where we're going when we go home, all of that stuff that God might get the glory, praising him publicly. That God is lifted up. Amen? On fire for him. He says, in the courts of the house of the Lord. Like in church, right? In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. May we lift his name up as we come together. So hear me on this one. I need everybody looking up here, okay? In the courts of the house of the Lord, we praise him. Isn't it easy to come to this place and we're actually coming sort of to check a box? Yeah, I went to church that week. I went to church and we kind of miss out on the worship moment. And in fact, some of the worship moments just start getting in the way. And all of a sudden we're like, right. And uh, sometimes I blame myself for that. If I can't keep your attention, I better fix something, right? But at the same time, look, if we're coming in not ready to worship, We've got problems. And so let's be careful. Let's come in to worship him with all we've got. We worship from moment one to the end, okay? And uh, so I'm just going to ask this. You ready? Need you guys to hear me on this one. Are you all listening? That's tame. I got four listening. Are we all listening? All right, here we go. Did you know that we do a closed song for a purpose? Did you know that? Some of you are like, "Uh uh-oh. I was going to walk and, uh, not, not today, not, not today. And, uh, we do a close song for a purpose. This is it. Hear me on this one. The entire morning is set for you to worship your God, for you to worship your God. 
And everything dovetails to a pinpoint moment of that closed song. Did you know that? That's how we've designed the impact service. As Larry and I talk, everything is about what we're walking through, what we're going through in the material, what the end point is, what's the best song, so that as you stand, the last thing that happens in this space is you saying, in the courts of the house of my God, I will praise the Lord. That's it. Amen? Amen. I'm with you on that. Let's do that, man. Let's make it about our God. That close song is everything for you saying, all right, I'm in. That's my God. And we sing it out for him. We make much of him. Okay. That's what it's about. And I, and I hear you on this. I'm just going to say this. I know we got some volunteers and you've got things you have to do. And there's some places that have to get set. I get that. And I'm good with that. We got about 20 or 30 or so that need to every week. They got to get out to get parking or it's chaos. Amen. So we got some people who have to get somewhere and I get that some of the volunteers have to do that. But in general, our job, if we don't have somewhere to get in order to serve, let's make sure we close it out with praising our God. We all in with that? Is that a yes? Thank you very much. I appreciate you hearing that. All right. And uh, from top down now, let's put our arms around this. Our God is to be depended on. Our God is enough. Amen. Amen. We worship him because nothing else is worth worshiping. He is gracious. He is righteous. He is merciful. He does save us and we deserve nothing. Our God is so worth it. It is time for us to depend on him and rest in him and walk before him. It is time for us to give to him with all we've got. Yes, of our finances. Yes, of the last four minutes of our service. Yes, of everything we have. May God be worth May God get your worship. May God get your worship. I am so passionate for your worship to be on him. May he be glorified. And all of God's people said, Amen. amen. Let's pray.